Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I am your host, Joanna. Let's get started. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Joanna, and welcome back to Work in Progress, our personal productivity podcast. So on today's topic, we are going to be talking about remote productivity and specifically how we can master the art of work from home. And as we all know, COVID has played a massive part in reshaping how we work and how our lives are how we go about our lives day to day. And it's also had a massive influence on how we view productivity nowadays. So I'm very pleased to say that I'll be joined by Annie Agravol to help me unpack some strategies for unleashing our best potential whilst working from home. Now, just because COVID is not as prominent as it once was, does not mean that we aren't still dealing with the aftermath. So today we're going to just chat through some strategies and hopefully unpack this topic a bit more. So Annie is an associate professor at OP Jindal Global University. He's also a visiting fellow at the Prague University of Economics and Business in Prague. And today he's joining us to just have a chat about remote productivity. So hi, Annie, how are you today? Now, thank you for having me here and good afternoon to everyone. <laughs> Good, and I'm currently based in Delhi and looking forward to the conversation. Perfect. So firstly, I'd love if you could tell us a bit more about who you are and your role and what it is you do. So I am currently an associate professor at Opich in the Global University. I teach topics like uh, sustainable finance, ESG, uh, design thinking and entrepreneurship. And my research area is, uh, again, sustainable finance, corporate philanthropy, uh, this entrepreneurship and I wrote uh, edited volume on work from home and a couple of research papers on work from home where I combined uh, how entrepreneurs or early stage companies are strategizing uh, their work from home practices during the pandemic. Article was written during the pandemic and then we also wrote a review paper on work from home practices and that's how probably I came to know that's how probably you guys approached me for this for this conversation. Amazing. Um, and um, on the side, I also help a lot of startups uh, around Delhi area. I'm part of a uh, uh, startup network in Delhi. So yeah, uh, that, that's, that's, that's my job. Great. And how did you find yourself in this field of work? That's a long story. I, I came from an engineering background and I did my master's from Barcelona. And while I was at Barcelona, I was doing nuclear engineering. I sort of got disenchanted. I went into social entrepreneurship. I wrote my master's thesis on social entrepreneurship. Then I worked um, in Paris um, for a water company, Veolia, and we worked on social entrepreneurship. And thereafter, I realized that uh, let's go more into this field. 
So I went for a PhD in Copenhagen Business School. And while I was doing a PhD, I got married, had my kids, and I continued to work in the entrepreneurship uh, as a scholar. Now I am more active. I'm also an angel investor for, for startups. And we focus primarily on education because that's the field. I understand uh, quite deeply having been associated with the education industry for quite some time. Perfect. So it sounds like you've traveled a lot throughout your career as well. Yes, yes. I, I God was fortunate on <laughs> Amazing. Well, we've got a section that we've called Have You Met Annie? So here we just get to ask some more get to know you questions and just get to know you a bit better. So my first question for you um, is, do you have a favorite book at all? I am. So I The book that I remember most is Gone with the Wind <laughs> by Margaret Mitchell. You know, because I, I had a very bad English and that book helped me improve my English. Although it was a it was a pre-19th century English, yet I loved it. More recently, I read this book, and I don't remember the author, to be honest. It's Ikagai. Uh, it's about Japanese philosophy of uh, fulfilling life. And I, I kind of liked it, although I don't follow them, but I do try to make sure that I'm surrounded by friends. Um, so that is a decent book. I Also, when I teach, I always ask my students to read this book called Zero to One by Peter Thier. This book is about um, creating companies, but he also talks about uh, micro-monopolies, and I sort of use those examples on how to make a better investment choices or how to start a company or what to look for when you're starting a business. So I, 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 I like these books. Uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, I'd love to ask if you have a movie that you've recently enjoyed. I recently watched with my wife Past Lives. Oh, yeah. And that was a very good movie. Like, it's just touched my life. I mean, because me and my wife, we, we traveled and we have had hard lives, which are so, it was a relatable movie. Especially people in a globalized world when you're traveling, uh, you tend to understand the nuances of that movie and you kind of get touched by the movie. So I... I totally recommend that movie to everyone. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. I've watched it too, and it it's something I haven't seen before um, in a movie. So it was it was really good. So my next question for you is actually perfect because you've travelled a lot. So I want to ask if you have a favourite place that you've travelled to. I it's a, it's all depends on which stage of life one is in. So as a student, I like Barcelona, uh, but. As uh, to raise a family and have a decent job, I think Frankfurt is a great city. Um, and to be close to my parents and the city where I'm most productive and I, I can work a lot is Delhi. Yeah. I don't have to fit in anywhere. I don't have to speak any foreign language. I can speak Hindi and English and I get away, get by and, and be close to my parents. So it, it all depends uh, which stage of life one is in. Yeah. But I find Frankfurt as one of the best cities because there you have a decent job market and it gives you a feeling of a small city. Yeah, perfect. Do you, have you ever been to Australia or anywhere near Australia? I am. I haven't been to Australia, but I yeah, I am working with the with the professor Ishrad Qureshi. He's a professor at ANU. Oh, okay. Australian National University. He's he's like he's like a mentor for me. So I always look up to him and. 
I hope to meet him at ANU sometime. Uh, we have a very good collaboration with Australian universities. So OP Chintan University and uh, m multiple Australian universities uh, has a very strong collaboration. So many of our um, faculty visit Australia, although I, I haven't uh, I haven't gotten a chance yet to visit Australia. Yeah. But looking forward to it. Yeah, well, ANU is based in Canberra um, and that's the capital. So it would be great to visit. Great, thank you. Awesome. Um, so my last question for you is, um, if you could pick one cuisine to that's your favorite, what would it be? Well, again, it's, it's very difficult because um, it depends where we are. So, mm. so I like Spanish paella. I like um, French baguette with butter. I also like uh, brava, patata. I like... Uh, I like uh, lasagna, vegetarian lasagna, and uh, I also like uh, German schnitzel or uh, Danish open sandwiches with the sweet mustard. And I love um, paranta, a local food here. Uh, when we drive on the highway, there's a mortal paranta. I like that also. So it's very difficult. Where I, it's very difficult for me to say which one. I'm open to different cuisines and. Uh, and what has to be open when you're traveling. So I'm, uh, I, I, I kind of pinpoint that one food is better than the other, or one food is my favorite. So I'm open uh, wherever I go. I try to try their, uh, their most, uh, most stereotypical dish. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I feel like when you are traveling, it gives you such a broad perspective on food and then you like develop and like a little bank of all these different foods that you've tried and you can fall back on as well. So it's really a great way to explore the world as well through food. Yes. Great. Amazing. So I'd love to jump into our interview questions now. So my first one for you is what does productivity mean in your own personal perspective? To me, productivity is, uh, there are different ways of looking at it. One is, of course, if we have a manager and the manager gives us a certain mandate in a given certain period of time, and then we have to deliver that mandate, and that's a signature of a productivity, then we have our own perceptions of um, what we want, of what quality we want to deliver. So in our mind, we have certain structures of productivity, quality, and if you are able to live up to those expectations, uh, then that is productivity, in my opinion. And th third, the way I look at it is, if we have tasks for ourselves, for instance, I, uh, for instance, I want to learn something in a certain period of time. If I will to achieve what I want to do in order to be be feeling fulfilled. Uh, then that is a signature of productivity. So it all—it's very contextual. Uh, one uh, one can be productive in all the three scenarios. That is, that is what your manager wants, what you think is right, and what is fulfilling for you. Uh, uh, or one can be unproductive in each of the three scenarios, or one could be productive in any one of the scenarios. But I wouldn't say productivity is is only how we call is homo, uh, homo economicus, that is an individual is productive when uh, he or she 
fulfills the mandate of the organization the person is working but I feel that productivity is also a mind game as much as it is a managerial yeah, for sure. I feel like that's a very interesting perspective that productivity is not only something that it comes about when you're able to manage your time well and manage all the tasks you're doing, but also it's a mind game. Would you be able to explore that idea a bit more of it being like a mind game? So uh, the way I, I look at this, that uh, I, I'm not a perfectionist. I, I tend to be get the job done. Mm. And there are certain individuals are perfectionist. They want things to be so good that it's very difficult for others to match it. Uh, and and that to me is a mind game because not everyone wants to be perfectionist or or up to hundred uh, percent. One can go get about get by by being ninety percent uh, of of the requirement. But some things are just so perfect. I mean. Picasso is an example of perfectionism. Not everyone can be a Picasso. And so to be that perfectionist Picasso or James Cameron, who is considered one of the most perfectionist director, it's very hard. And and that to me is a mind game. You are doing the job, but you're not quite there. And to be quite there, one, one has to play a, a mind game. One has to have a mental coaching uh, commitment and and Indonesians to to be there, and not everyone is up to it. Uh, so you need a lot of coaching uh, to to be able to understand what it takes to be the best, and then strive towards being the best in that direction. I am not. I I am one of those who like get the job done and move on and take something else. But there are certain people who stick to one job and then try to make it to the best. Mm. Uh, it's like uh, painting a Mona Lisa and just painting a portrait. Uh, and it's both the same work. One is an art, is a perfection. Another is just a, just a getting the job done. And the distance between the two, the way I look at this, it's a mind game. It's, it's your perseverance, your, your camaraderie, your training, uh, and the way you interact with the peers and the, who your peers are. So many factors come into play. And so I consider it's a mind game to be the best or to be perfect in, and then, and then call it productivity because you know for a manager he might he or she might be happy being ninety percent right as long as the work is done in the specified period of time and the client is happy but that might not be the best definition of a perfect productivity or a perfect piece of work. Yeah, for sure. And how do you think then productivity comes into play when we're considering remote work? I I think it's the same. So uh, again, if there is a assuming it's a managerial setting where an individual is working for an organization, and there are certain specified tasks by the manager, and so the individual who is working would be required to deliver certain specific tasks in a given period of time of a certain quality. And that is a that to me is an example of productivity in a manage, in a managerial setting. But again, if you're if if an individual is a freelancer, uh, in that case, again, there is a managerial definition of productivity, which is one needs to complete the task in a specified period of time. Uh, of a certain degree of quality. But then someone can also have 
certain structures of good productivity or good quality of work deliver. And quality is very subjective in a remote setting. Uh, and it's very difficult to define the quality in a remote setting. So there could be a managerial understanding of quality and there could be an individual who is at the task of delivering the, per, the, the specified set of activities can have perception of quality. And if, if individual's definition of quality is more than the manager's definition of quality and productivity, uh, then, um, and then the person would work hard to deliver that, 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 that task and, you know, and it, and that, that is how I look at productivity in the remote setting. So it's basically delivering what you want to deliver and how you define quality uh, in your mind. Um, and you deliver that, that work as productivity. So, so the fundamentals of productivity remains the same, but, uh, but of course you are in a remote setting. The, uh, the monitoring is different in a remote setting. Yeah. So there is a lot of self-monitoring. Uh, you know, you don't want, as a manager, one wouldn't want to invade the privacy, although there are softwares being used these days, which can invade a little bit of your privacy. Uh, that, you know, there are task management software, which tend to track if the individual is locked in or not, or if the individual is sitting in front of a laptop or not. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend those, 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 uh, privacy hacking software, but if the the managerial oversight is very low. So when you have a low managerial oversight and then you have to deliver in a remote setting, for some people it can be challenging. And then how do you how do you how do you deliver the task? The, you know, if you are self-motivated, self-paced, uh, with very little managerial oversight or colleague or because you don't even have colleagues. So you don't have peer pressure from the colleagues when you're working uh, remotely. Mm. Everyone can get into procrastination yeah. in that scenario. So how do you avoid that? Uh, it can, and you know, it uh, it can be challenging to be honest because we have seen productivity going down recently. Many organizations are saying because there is an element of uh, lack of oversight. There's an element of pro procrastination. So productivity is going down on employees. So one has to be one has to be motivated. One has to have certain degree of oversight without infringing the privacy of an individual because typically work from home happens inside the home and there is always an element of uh, breaching the privacy of the individual. So it is challenging and there are ways of doing it. But we see, I mean, recent, recent there are a lot of, um, lot of news from London, New York, where firms want their employees to go back to work because they feel the productivity is going down uh, because there's lack of oversight. There is a beginning of procrastination. Yeah, so that's how I see it. It's, there is no one set of answer, but there is a lot of complexity mm. uh, that is weaved in every bit of what we see. And there are a lot of complexities uh, that one needs to take into account and then, then look for ways how to address it. Yeah, I can definitely see how there are many complexities when you are dealing with so many different factors. Um, I would love to ask why you think mastering remote productivity is crucial for individuals. I, there are, so there are a lot of ways. I mean, uh, firstly, uh, 
for an organization, there's a cost. Um, so if if the office is let's say the office is in Bangalore, um, which is which is the city where the traffic is very high, so it's very difficult to reach the office. And so so it's it's good for the employee to work from if they're living in Bangalore because the traffic time can take away four hours of your daily day productivity, two hours, four hours of commute, and that's just not good. So it's very important for organizations uh, to master remote productivity. For individuals, of course, they have to deliver what they're required to deliver, and they have to fulfill the KPIs that are needed in order for them to get them to get promoted in the team and in the organization. So they also have to master productivity. Uh, and so suddenly both organizations have to master productivity because that's a cost and they reduce the cost. Individuals have to master because they have to deliver uh, whatever they are required to deliver, whether to their clients or to the organization's client in the best possible way, in the least possible time, in the most, uh, in the best, is the most efficient costs. And so both sites have pressure to deliver. And so both have to master productivity. Uh, so that's 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 clear. And how do you master productivity is a question we we all try to learn. I feel like the concept of mastering productivity is something that people are always going to be trying to figure out as well. I feel like there's no one solution or one strategy you can use to master productivity um, because, like as you said organizations and individuals are facing like their own tensions and own things that they need to accomplish because there's always stake different stakeholders involved. Um, and I was just wondering how you think, you know, your personal life comes into this when you are working in a remote space. So how do you balance, you know, your work responsibilities and your personal life when they both occur in that same space because you're working out from home? Oh, it's a, uh... It's it's a good question. It's like because I've seen it myself. Mm. So when the COVID happened, me, myself, and my wife, we were in Frankfurt, and we had a very very small house. So she was working and I was working, and we were literally fighting because at times on the calls we both could hear each other talking, yeah. and that was that was it was stressing for both of us. And then we had two small kids at that time. Now they're grown-ups, a little bit grown-ups. And they were they were also at home because the schools were closed. Yeah. And so to manage them, they're crying. They were fighting or they're crying. We have to feed them. And then we have a small house. We both have to work. It was very difficult to manage yeah, that thing. I, most of the time, used to go to the cafe and work from the cafe. The cafe was open, so we had a very nice cafe there called Cafe Morcolado. I'm promoting them. <laughs> they used to have good, good cakes. Or we, I used to, and if the Starbucks was open, I used to go to Starbucks and sit there and do my work. Uh, and my wife was always at home, uh, working from home so that she can manage the kids because I'm not very good in managing the kids. That's an added responsibility she had uh, that I couldn't, I didn't have, uh, was to feed the kids because the kids don't eat. <laughs> um so it is very difficult in the in the in the personal setting when both the partners are working. One has to create right environment where both the partners can be productive and the kids have space for them to explore in a work from home environment. Kids 
And so it's it's very it's a very complicated topic because at times people see that uh, we we as individuals are bringing whole work home, you know, work from home setting or remote setting. While if we have a well-defined office, the work remains in the office. It doesn't come home. While in a remote setting, the work is in the so there is a very strong blurring of boundaries, which can have an impact, positive or negative. In our case, I feel it was a positive impact because our kids understood what we are working. Mm. And so they realized that if we don't work, the money won't come home. And this is the kind of work we are doing. So they sort of appreciated it. And now they engage and they say, Mom, you have a call, you go to call. Uh, I'll, I'll manage the food myself. Uh, so this is, I think it's positive sign, but it could be negative at times for the kids when they feel like parents don't have time, they're always working, they bring work home. So some kids may not feel comfortable with that, although in our case it didn't happen. So yeah, that's how... Yeah, I hope I answered the question. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like what you've highlighted is that everyone has a different personal situation in at their homes and they're dealing with a lot of different things. And I feel like, yeah, there is that perception that when you are working from home that you're bringing work home. But I also think that it's important to differentiate between, you know, working from home and bringing work home. I feel like, I'm not sure if you can agree with this, but I feel like bringing work home means bringing sort of the issues and problems and the stresses of work into that personal space. But working from home is just using your home as a space where you can be productive and you can work when you aren't able to access, for example, an office or a more optimal workspace. Oh, great. That's a good point, actually. Working from home and bringing work home. I actually never thought about the differentiation. You put it really nicely. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. I just thought of that just then while you were talking about like your own experience. It made me think about, you know, the differences and the connections. So I thought that would have been a good point. Um, perfect. So we've talked about some of the challenges. Um, would we be able to discuss some of the potential advantages of, you know, remote work and how that can help boost our productivity? Sure. So, um, look, ma'am, so in the case of... Uh, and I, I, I'm going to speak for my wife also. I represent my wife here as well. And she is more senior to me than I am. I'm, I'm a professor. I have a lot of freedom as a prof. But my wife is into corporate. She doesn't have the kind of freedom I have. So in her case, and as I said, my kids don't eat with me. They find me funny. <laughs> they don't want to eat with me. And so my wife has to feed the kids. Uh, now it has come down. So for her, it's very easy to be with, with the kids. My kids... Uh, only recently they become independent. So for her, work from home was a, ba a boom because she could be with the kids and also manage her career very well. So it turned out to be uh, really good for her. Uh, and now she's working for a US-based company on a US timing. And so you were in India and she's working from India for a US-based company following US timings which wasn't be possible if you were to go to, let's say, office and work in the night mm. in an office setting, come back 12.30 or 1 a.m. in the night. Yeah. But at home, it's very much possible to work for a U.S.-based company and being at home, you know, or work like a normal professional. 
So that was quite advantageous uh, work from home because you were able to deliver your clients in the U.S. and in on the in working in the U.S. timing and also be able to manage the other. So that was for me was like amazing. I mean, I I was like, wow, this is uh, it's quite quite interesting. Uh, can you again repeat the question, uh, if I may uh, yeah, ask you? Yeah, sure. So I was just wondering what are some of the advantages of, you know, remote work and how that increases our productivity? Yeah, so uh, so of course you can manage this decent family life balance. In the case of my wife, she's working for the U.S. client in India, which is great because, uh, because you have, uh, you know, uh, then uh, pollution. Because if if we were to commute to office... Uh, especially in Delhi, and right now the AQI levels in Delhi are horrendous. Uh, there is we are contributing to pollution, so obviously uh, it makes sense uh, to work from home because we reduce the the emissions, uh, the transport emissions. Uh, also, it's good on the office. Uh, so every company has to pay um, money for uh, for renting office spaces. So the rents go down if the individuals are working from home. So for the uh, corporates, it's relatively inexpensive to have their resources work from home because then the cost of parking and the cost of office goes down considerably. Now, there have been studies, conflicting studies. Some says the productivity increased and some says the productivity has gone down. And I say the moderating influence is procrastination and oversight. So if there is a decent oversight and there is a decent um, counseling to reduce procrastination, the productivity has a potential to increase. Uh, otherwise, we I do see productivity going down. Yeah, that's, that's my answer. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'd love to move into our practices and habits section now where I ask you if you have a strategy that you would recommend to help increase productivity while working remotely. Well, there, uh, I think there are multiple things. So, uh, so um, among my friends who are stressed, they don't have a second screen. So if you're working from home, you ought to have a second screen. Uh, so you have a laptop and a second, big second screen where you can check, you can do the tallying, uh, reviewing, reading and writing. So a basic tool like a second screen can help increase the productivity greatly. Mm. Second, a movable desk. So if you have a movable desk, slightly expensive, it, in India it costs like 500 euros. Uh, around 45,000 rupees. It's expensive. But if you have a movable desk, it certainly improves the productivity and increases your focus in the world. Third is to surround yourself with working professionals with whom you can meet. Uh, and, and of course, uh, in my research paper, uh, which is an interview-based research paper, all the CEOs told me that we want individuals to come at least two days a week to office because that way the culture of the organization is is intact. It seeps inside the individual who is working for the company. Otherwise, the individual remains individual and the organization culture and the individual are two separate entities. So you don't we don't see individual 
as part of the organization if the individual is not coming to office. So two days a week is a decent way to ensure that the individuals are part of the organization while we're talking about remote productivity and the best practices. So again, I would uh, list it. Good tools, which is second screen, having a, having a movable desk, uh, then surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. So even if one is working from home, they should go out and meet like-minded individuals so they feel part of the community and should go to office at least two days a week because then one becomes part of the organization. Otherwise, there is a lack of, there's a lack of, there is an uncoupled individuals. And we don't study organizations like that. We study organizations as, indiv as individuals, extension of an organization. And in, and if they if they're not really integrated with the organization, we don't see that that way. And, and we are not trained to look at that way. And we we believe, although I don't have the empirical evidence, the productivity can go down if individuals are not completely aligned with the organizational culture, goals, uh, vision, mission. Yeah, for sure. And how do you feel like adopting these kinds of practices can help change your perspective on productivity and working from home? It's, it can certainly uh, give you a decent feeling. Uh, oh, by the way, the lighting should also be good. It's very important to have a decent lighting. I mean, so these they, they call it Taylorism uh, from the 1910 century uh, productivity scientist called uh, Taylor. F.W. Taylor, and he did research on how to improve factory productivity by changing the working conditions. We can very much look at home productivity from the Taylorian perspective and design our work setting uh, in a way that we are most productive. Uh, and some I listed, some could be, there could be more ways of improving your uh, productivity. Uh, and uh, I, uh, can you repeat the question again, please? That's okay. I was just wondering how em like employing some of these strategies can help, you know, change your perspective on remote work and productivity. Look, uh, I think it's a very difficult question because uh, one is you have to work and the other is having a perspective, the two different uh, ways. So certainly if you have a decent environment, your perspective is more positive. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's always good to work in creating a better environment so that the perspective is positive. Uh, yeah, that's how I see my own personal perspective. I, I, I've seen it in my family where we, we make sure, so we design our, our room around study table. So study table has a, has a center point. Mm -hmm. We call either we call it study table or work table. Mm -hmm. So my kids have a work table. I have a work table. My wife has a work table and the whole room is designed around it. And, and, and so what happens is, Kids know they have a place to sit and study. I know I have a place to sit and work. My wife knows that they have a place to sit and work. And everything is designed around it. And 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 we see a change because then I, we don't have to put in controls to push our kids or ourselves to work because we have a place and we know it. And But I've seen it in many houses where, where they haven't designed the house uh, around a work table mm. and then there is there is an element of of monday blues or oh, i oh, today is monday i have to work and 
that could be discomforting at times. You know, so I would say, you know, if, if work, if you're working from home, you better design some elements of work inside your house. And that would certainly change your perspective towards work and work productivity. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some strategies with us and ones that we can easily action through things we could purchase or in different ways we can reconfigure our rooms. So thank you for that. I would love to move into our last section, which is our open mic section. So here we're just giving you an opportunity to talk about anything that you would like to. Um, so the floor is yours for whatever you'd like to chat to us about. I think, um, firstly, uh, many thanks for having me here. I think it was it was great talking to you. And some of the things I'm passionate about is education. And uh, and uh, there are a lot of uh, podcasts. I personally listen to education-related podcasts mm-hmm. uh, on Spotify. Uh, I think that's great. that's a great medium to, mm-hmm. especially when I'm driving. Yeah. Uh, and and I think there is a lot of potential to train the youth. Um, through online medium, and there is a, uh, either through edtech or other other forms of teaching, and I'm very passionate about it. And I'm always looking for ways to lo- learn more how to teach students online, and how to teach skills that help them get a job, help them being a better citizens, and reduce youth delinquency. Because there is a lot of issues of youth delinquency, or youth crime, um, or youths get getting into gangs all around the world. So I'm really passionate about it, and I'm always trying to learn ways of how to deliver value to the students uh, in an online setting, or how to increase my own reach in an online setting. And I'm always open to learn ways in that direction. My specific areas certainly remain my areas of research, but I also try to help students, guiding students about job, about job market, getting your CV correct, or or uh, traveling a bit to get more independence, have a different perspective. And so that's, that sort of, I find it very satisfying. It's like giving back to the society. Yeah, amazing. I feel like that's the perfect way to even tie into what we've been talking about today, which is remote productivity. And I feel like a lot of the learning that we do nowadays occurs online because it's more time efficient and it's a bit more effective. And sometimes people can't access, you know, universities or, you know, schools in real life. So finding ways to adapt to the times and really maximizing the tools and the technology we have today is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I want to ask you yeah. is, um, we, you know, uh, in academics, productivity is uh, seen more like a positive term. Mm. So, because the word productivity never, never defines quality and and culture or art or perfection. It is just productivity. Yeah, getting the job done. So, and I, I, what I find interesting is, what is, uh, can you can we create perfection in a remote work environment? Can we can we create a value that is long lasting, uh, something of artistic value, something something with poetic and artistic? We we never talk about that. Uh, we only talk about productivity, and I look at productivity more like a like like a unit economics, something that you get the job done, and that's about it. Uh, and I also wonder, uh, you know, uh, the world is not just 
creating products. It's about creating art, culture, music, poetry, um, engaging with individuals. And those things sort of miss in an online setting. I think a lot of wonderful things happen when we physically interact with people. Uh, things of culture, art, beauty, poetry, theater, drama, and those things, uh, those things are not defined by productivity, mm. and it cannot be measured by productivity. Yeah, uh, or the, by the terms, or by the by the units we study in school about productivity. They are they are beyond, and I don't know what are those measures to be honest. But I I'm fascinated by those things a lot. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's such a great point you brought up as well. I feel like when we talk about productivity, it's very quantitative. It doesn't really focus on quality too much, but more focuses on how quick you can get things done and ticking as many things off on that to-do list as possible, as opposed to focusing on more enriching things like arts and you know culture and focusing on all the more intrinsic things that might come into productivity and like things that make up an individual. So it's a very interesting point that you've brought up with that one. That's about it. Perfect. Well, that also brings us to the end of today's episode. So I just wanted to say thank you so much, Annie, for coming on the show with us. I hope you had a great time. I know I did having a chat about this. So thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks a lot. Have a nice evening. Thank you. Um, and bye-bye. That's bye. okay. Um, before you go, though, we just wanted to ask for our guests who've just watched this, um, if they want to find out a bit more about you, where can they go? They can find me on LinkedIn. I think I shared my LinkedIn with you. Yeah. And they can add me on LinkedIn. They can send me a message on LinkedIn. I'm always available on LinkedIn. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. And to everyone listening, don't forget you can find all the details in the description below. But we'll see you guys next time. You have been listening to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, pp.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Joanna. Thanks for tuning in.